And welcome everybody to another welcome. podcast episode breaking. Wow, 9.2 is released and we are pissed. Uh, I think that's the word. Uh, with the, at this point, uh, there's a lot to unpack here for this episode. And although, you know, we have tried our best to be as constructive and as positive as possible. There I mean, are, best deserved as well. Yes, but some some major breaking news this week kind of got us all a little bit. Broke upset. our hearts, man. Well, mo- mostly guilty. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and a lot of other people's too, man. I'll, I'll <coughs> so. so we know the release date. You know, it's 20, 22nd of February. And that comes with a whole bunch of problems. So this oh, yeah. release date, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were expo- were expecting this, but we were also expecting a lot more things to be happening, finishing up, wrapping up on the PTR, which apparently hasn't happened. I mean, until recently, considering that it might release at the end of February, we were like, oh, that's kind of cool. But the closer we got to the patch and seeing things uh-huh. like, wait a minute, this might not... And it did, it did look initially, a lot of things were looking <coughs> good and stuff. This Definitely more than previous PTR cycles. But boy, oh boy, our feral druids, man. Jesus All five of them? Christ, man. This is... <laughs> This at least is six. six. Wait, there's six now? <laughs> there's at least six. <laughs> Come on. It's like three NA, three EU, you know. Yeah, to make it <laughs> balanced. No, no oceanic, though. <laughs> One oceanic. I okay. guess he counts as NA. Right. So I guess we have we have to start it off with this as guilty as is a feral main for oh, I think over 14 years or something. He's like a you know, big brain of ferals. And that's why. Uh, yeah. I, I I also recommend after what you listening or watching this podcast, also recommend you guys read his uh, latest feedback. Uh, I read it and I thought it was good and a blast. I I love his town, but guiltiest. What happened, man? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, they they kind of threw the hammer at us. Um, yeah, but- like, there's a lot to talk about this, and I know some of the other guys want to talk about this, but basically. Um, Barrel set bonus, um, it, it was sitting around the like 6% single target, like 16% AOE. So it was like, it was in a fairly, fairly okay place. I know Shadow I would, I would call that is, I would call that weak, actually. That's like, yes, in yeah. comparison. Yeah, like Shadow Priest yeah. set is what, like 15% single target now? After the nerf? 15% single target. Yes, yes. after the nerf. Like after it the nerf. up there as well. Yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. over 20 before the nerf. Like it needed yeah. to nerf, right? I've, I've seen Sims. <laughs> yeah. Um, like c- contextually, like eight percent is usually historically around where tier sets at, which is eight ten percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was sitting. It was in like it was in an it was in an okay place. It was in a weak place. It was in a niche place, but it was it was fine, right? It gave us something else that we didn't currently have. But in the most recent PTR, well, in the last two PTR builds, they've kind of thrown the hammer at it. First, they uh, target capped it to eight, which, considering its kind of its main strength was in AOE, it was kind of nothing on single target was kind of a, a questionable decision. But in this patch, uh, they did the, the Wombo Combo, the, the usual Riot special. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> so they threw a, a big old AP percent nerf at it, and then they also fixed all of the bugs with it, which is great, right? But all of the bugs with it were, were beneficial bugs. There were bugs that made it stronger than it, than it was otherwise. So they, uh, they kind of did the one-two punch, and now it's in kind of a sad position. I mean, fixing bugs is good. Fixing bugs is good. Great. They need to compensate for a bug that, you know, nerfed you, right? If the bug is making it too strong and you fix it, then either, like, leave it alone or or buff it to compensate for that buff. To to nerf it and then fix the bugs, it's it's baffling. I'm... Well, I'm definitely not speechless. I have a lot of words to say about it, but I wish I was speechless. <laughs> no, well, I think the reason that it's 
frustrating more than anything is that when they did it, they also came with a nice little post to explain why. And <laughs> what they explained in it, and like I don't mean to be rude or anything, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't follow. You don't explain that the reason that it's too strong is because of all of these bugs and double, triple dipping, blah, blah, blah to people. And then also, <laughs> at the same time, also nerf it when fixing the bugs. Because well, the way that it follows usually is if you're fixing a bug that's making it too strong, that means that where it was with the bugs was where you want it to be. So now it's weaker from fixing the bugs. So you need to buff it, not nerf it. It's baffling. Like it, it, so, it almost feels like there's there whatever internal tool they have that tests how good something is because I know we know they have something right yeah. that like does some whatever testing of how some, strong something is. Clearly, there's something wrong, right? It's it's, it's baffling and like it's it's such a frustrating position to be in, especially as it feels like Feral just hasn't been looked at for the entire expansion. Our, our damage profile is beyond degenerate. I don't know if anyone watching has ever looked at a feral damage profile on a single target, but it's close to 60% damage from like a single ability. I'd like to welcome uh, Pentia to the to the chat to her. He had a well, little I'll... bit of things to uh, get get done. Howdy, chaps. Yeah. Howdy, howdy. Hello, hello. hello. Howdy, Pentia. Uh, yeah, man. I think in terms of like the, the feral situation, um, me and Guilty has discussed this, you know, DMs and known previous podcasts and stuff. One of the biggest weaknesses Feral ever had, uh, at least in, in, in Shadowlands, was AoE burst and general AoE damage, more or less. And this tier set, um, I remember when I first saw it, I DMed Guilty as immediately, like, dude, this is Pog, this is Pog and shit. And he was talking about, you know, it. but yeah, was, but what, what the, what, what the fuck? I mean, because it's a step yeah, in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. You just fucking I, swung I, the hammer as I, hard as possible. I didn't, I didn't understand. I did not understand it. They seem to understand the issue and try to fix it. You mentioned a step in the right direction, fix the bugs and then nerf the fuck out of it. Like yeah. I, in a, in a world where you have, I'm not going to name names here. But there's clearly way other <laughs> problems and numbers you could look at. Why choose Feral? This is really weird. Because you can't have Ferals on the way on the race to world first. Absolutely it's, not. Absolutely not. Maybe we can address that, that this. With, why is it in conflict with the post that Scarus have made? Because what this changes is it's in direct conflict with what he explained was the goals for the tier sets. Yeah. So like he laid out four points. He said it needs to meaningfully change your spec rotation. Not sure if this if the bonus really accomplished that. Uh, that, that I think it'd be hard to say it did. Uh, enhances the core fantasy. Don't really think it did that either. Yeah. Enhances the mechanical identity. Didn't really Don't at think all. So. And the bonus goal of working with metagame systems. Kind of. Yeah. It doesn't interfere. Yeah, the bonus goal is it like it fixes an issue with the class or with the spec, and like it, it kind of did do that until they swung the hammer at it, which is just so baffling. Like it, it was one thing for it to be weak but niche and like fix a problem. That was that was, I I wasn't a huge fan of that, but it was something. it was okay. It was something, right? Um, I think it's generally better to use set bonuses to like enhance the strength of the spec rather than like band-aid fix it with set bonuses because then it feels it feels really bad if your set bonus is like a band-aid fix to like a core part of how your spec plays 
and then you don't have the set until like week four or whatever. Um, that sucks. So I prefer that they use set bonuses to like enhance the strengths and like the fantasy of it, and like that's all great. But like fixing a band aid was fine. But now it does neither of those things. It's like if we if we fiddle with the APL to like optimize for set bonus damage as much as possible, it's like three point three percent on single target, which is less set, than right? the, for the four set. The four set. That's the not, four yeah. set. It's close to four percent like overall for the two piece and four piece. Four two piece is obviously really variable because it's like CDR, sure. and a huge part of the two piece value was in the like four piece because you got more of the four piece. Um, so so it's it's like it's a bad set. Um, it sounds like they, they should have buffed it by sixty percent rather than nerfing it. Well, but. yeah, that's that's yeah. what I what I read from that. That's why. Yeah, I was but that's, <laughs> yeah. maybe they, that, that was the intent. But put a, a yeah. negative one in there somewhere. Somebody, like, yeah, like, fat finger did it and became a nerf or something because it, it doesn't make any it sense. It just missed another one. It's supposed to be you know times one point six five. Like, I, I just I don't know what they did with but, it, yeah. but it is quite. I, I don't want to use like charge language but it's kind of embarrassing to, to miss the mark that hard with a change like that and i think and in my opinion it. specs like feral should just be better you know like if a spec is not very popular it's okay to give them a set bonus that's 15 percent damage increase i think like yeah maybe it screws over race world first people a little bit but at the end of the day the majority of the people playing the game are not in that population i think it's okay to go a little balls to the wall for some specs that don't get a lot of play and, and definitely not the opposite, right? Like that, punishing feral been, druids is not the way to win. Right? <laughs> that's been the mantra for a while as well. Like whenever there was a spec that was massively underplayed, they've even come out on interviews saying that they typically overbuff in order to encourage right. a switch. Like take Prop Warrior in BFA season two, for instance, where they were ludicrously strong, but that caused a, a shift to the spec as opposed to being dead in the water because it's just average basically. And in this case, it's just completely insane. But it's not the only mark that they've missed on the tier sets. Like we can no, talk Shadow like... Priest, we can talk Guardian Druids, where they keep saying that they nerf it and instead they buff it. <laughs> How does that work, by the way? But, so the Guardian tier set bonus uh, basically radiates damage whenever you have Engarn up. Basically, it's it's a smaller, more complicated effect than that. But that's the basic idea. And before that, it did not interact with any legendaries or anything like that, and it was not hasted and not whitelisted. So they nerfed the AP coefficient, they uh, they whitelisted it, so it benefits from all the Guardian effects. And the net result is basically a gain of 500 to 1k single target DPS for Guardian, by the way, which is already simming at like, like what, 8.5, 9k DPS? Yeah. And also a net, I think it's a K and a half to 2K extra HPS. Like it's batshit insane in terms of tank balance. I mean, so they fixed some bugs with it, is what you're saying. They um, fixed some bugs and with didn't, it and, and didn't compensate enough. Underestimated, basically. Got it. Yeah. My I mean, worry is that there, they, they went in and fixed bugs at the last possible moment. Yes. For, for these things, because now now the patch is locked in. You can't. We can't do anything else to retroactively like change anything now and we couldn't have ever tested it properly so the data that they've got is already poisoned so they're I mean, now I think like flying kind of by the, the ptr right the like the, if like why do we have a ptr yeah. right if this is how we're gonna and, and like i'm not saying that to be like super critical right like they could just not have a ptr right like and i think maybe there's a problem with like expectations because i think all of us on this call would love to hop in test trinkets tier sets 
yeah. judge raid testing for class balance. But I think at the end of the day, that's not what Blizzard has PTR for. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's like, we're just kind of disappointed, I think, because like we have all this time where like they effectively have free testers. What I view the PTR for is, is, well, for them, is they want it as bug testing, which I think is a very noble goal. They do need widespread bug testing. But in that case, then, when bugs are identified, they shouldn't stay there for, like, a month, two months, and then yeah. fix it at the tail end. Because you, everyone can do the, like, noble comparison to other games that, you know, release fine without PTR. But WoW is really complicated. There's a lot of different things going on. And bug testing is the one metric that they can absolutely abuse all the PTR feedback from. They need to do it quickly so that all the extra data afterward is useful. Yeah, like, on the... Uh... On the note of you know things not being tested on PTR properly, there's just a huge opportunity cost of you know do I take this item from my vault or not? Because that's an entire week of loot potentially wasted in either direction. If you look at it and think that's weak right now, I'll take it just in case it gets buffed. What if it doesn't? You've just wasted your vault. And likewise, if it's really strong, you know your best shot there is to take it for that week's worth of progress. But then if it gets nerfed next week, it's just an awful feeling all around. Yeah. Anyone who's worked in software ever, any kind of software ever, knows that frequently when you are fixing bugs, you introduce new bugs. The way Blizzard goes around it, where you, they just leave these bugs in and then like on the release candidate build, they just fucking slam in a load of bug fixes and just be like, yep, yeah, we're done. Like. There is a significant chance you introduce new bugs. There is significant chance none of your data is worth it's worth shit when you do that. It's just it's such an ass backwards way of developing anything. It gets you well, on when you consider old, right? that the data is poisoned also yeah. from stuff not being available. Yeah. Like take an example. I I will have at some point to tell people whether to get the engine ring or not for Death Knights. It's not even implemented. It's not even in game. Some I have the side of it. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea how much it's going to buff each disease tick. And on top of this, there's a legendary for Death Knights that allow you to have all three diseases. So and, the, and the thing is, it's probably going to be really strong. It's it's going to yeah. be on Sims right now, at least for priests. Our ring is that ring is a six percent DPS loss, right? In terms of just because it's like you lose stats on the ring. I think the Death yeah, Knight ones the same. So you lose six percent damage equipping the ring without the effect. So that would mean if if they have the same data that I have, which, you know, I guess caveat that, that means the buff is going to be at least 7%, 6%. Um, yeah, we have more no data more, right? Yeah. The alarming thing is that this, this goes back on maybe biggest lesson that they ever learned, which was a combination of Emerald Nightmare and Apple, where those trinkets weren't tested all throughout PTR. Uh, the Nighthawk ones were put in right at the very end, and then they were nerfed or like altered at zero hour. It, it was like six hours before the patch went live when they did like the changes to yeah. Draft of Souls for Unholy and all of that stuff. And those trinkets launched completely and totally broken. Like uh, the, the trinket in Emerald Nightmare, Spontaneous Appendages, that was proccing Stormbringer for enhancement. There's no reason that it should do that, but it did. Someone would have noticed it if tested, but they weren't. And I think, you know, just to give people, you know, the answer, if you're not aware, right, like, 
developers of simulation craft like myself like have to actually go and test these trinkets especially the weird ones right the ones that have really wonky effects like that requires significant testing and like logging combat data to see how it works right if we don't get these ahead of time like at least a week or two ahead of time then that means we can't implement them until people get them on live servers so it's gonna happen i'm, I'm telling you guys all right now you can't trust your trinket sims for the first two weeks of the raid you just can't they're probably all going to be wrong. It's going to say, hey, yeah, this trinket's a DPS loss, even though it's 20 eye levels higher. Like, that will happen, right? And, and you know, unfortunately, right? Yeah. And there's going to be some poor sod who, like, gets the trinket and can trade it. And this trinket secretly is, like, game-changing. It's like a 10% increase. It wildly alters something. But yep. it doesn't sim well, and it looks bad. And someone else says, oh, okay, it could be, like, why don't I take it then? Maybe or they disenchant it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then... Oh well, that sucks. Oh, I don't pick it from their vault. All of those things, and that person just got sent like down a rabbit hole from something that was solvable by just on a vendor. And I think the vault's a really good point because it's not just the fact that you like even if you get the trinket, you can't test it, right? Or like the trinket effects are not something you can easily read and understand how good it is. Like take the weird wacky trinket from uh, is the jailer, jailer the one that jailer, yeah. So the jailer has a, a really weird trinket that has a one-line effect, and it's, it doesn't tell you how it works at all. Like you literally have no idea um, until you get it. So like, if you like, then, then Sim SimSeek is like a really nice tool because you can be like, hey, before I pick this out of my vault, I'm gonna see how good it is. Well, for the first two weeks, we won't have as yeah. much data, so it probably won't. The Sims won't be right. So I don't know. It's well, just it's disappointing. Yeah. Like, if, imagine if Cube just didn't work in SimCraft. How? fucking confused people be like and it didn't for a while yeah it didn't right but that's not like people are going to be pissed at simcraft developers but it's absolutely just not simcraft developers fault they're just getting fucked by blizzard but a yeah. key tool an essential tool that 70 80 percent of the player base probably close to 100 percent of the like raiding player base uses and relies on in order to make decisions and even the people who aren't actively doing it are just reading a guide that tells them what trinkets to pick and they yeah. the guide is using simcraft it's such bear in mind as well. just a huge thing. There's going to be another problem. Uh, some of the trinkets have not been tested at all on PTR. And yeah. we know for sure that at least one of them is massively overtuned, just from the, the tooltip values. The uh, the one where you bond to another uh, Covenant person or whatever it was, yeah. and you oh, gain extra yeah. stats. Like, that thing is easily 30 or 40% above what it should be. And we know this. Uh, it's, it's like 10 times higher yeah. than it should be. If you count it's like a thousand stats. It, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's, it's a thousand you easily, for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you could easily yeah. cut one, is it like a, a full digit off that? Yeah. And it would be like yeah. equal to gland. That's how much stronger. And gland is already good. That thing is demonstrably broken. Well, it also buffs your raid, right? Which I think is yeah, the other exactly. part people too. are talking about is that, like, not only is that trinket specifically bonkers good for you specifically, it also buffs other members of your raid that are the same covenant as you. And I know people don't, you know, I, you know, it doesn't affect my DPS, so I don't care about it. But like, but it does. It's massive. You're gonna, right? you're gonna have groups. You're gonna have a group of Night Fair, a group of Venter, a group yeah. of Necro, a group of Kyrian, and like that's just how that your raid is gonna be structured in terms of groups, which is gonna yeah. piss off healers. But and, and then somebody is <laughs> going to basically showcase it at some point in a log somewhere, and then it's going yeah. to get destroyed. Yeah. It's, Which is way less fun, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine like, you pick it from your vault and then it gets nuked overnight, and you're like, "Well, thanks, game." 
I, yeah. I, I don't know, like you can give a pretty clear guess. It's going to just get cut by ten, like by by, by like a factor of ten. Yeah, but yeah, but most you people can, like, you just like have really this. you can have you can have really weird situations. Like, what happens if it is there like that, and then it goes right? Well, it's valuable to have everyone be night fae in the melee group, so that means that you're not night fae. So you don't get wind fury. It's just it's it's so fucking confusing. But that trinket doesn't even pass the eye test. Like, it doesn't even vaguely pass the eye test. Nobody should look at that trinket and be like, this is a reasonable number. So why the fuck is it sat on PTR this entire time? That takes, like, one person, like, ten minutes to go, hmm. That, that yeah. number doesn't look right. Maybe we should reduce it. And again, we're being really critical, and I think specifically because we now have a release date. So there was a yes. lot of benefit of the doubt that you can afford Blizzard that's like, hey, guys, there's no date announced yet. The build is not a release candidate build. So like maybe they're still working on it. But now the build is a release candidate build. We have a date in two weeks. Now, granted, while the patch comes out at the end of February, the raid doesn't come out till March, whatever, right? Um yeah, so we've got three weeks until raid. And and that's Sorry, also this. even delayed, like uh the last three bosses are not gonna be available for another uh, few weeks after that, right? So you know, it is staggered, so there is technically still time to tweak some of this stuff. But I think what we're saying is that, you know, the the window now for PTR testing has shrunk considerably. Yeah, there's a doomsday clock now. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, why? I think people talk about kind of mean about this, right? But people say, well, yeah, it's usually better to join and uh, start a new patch like three weeks after it launches, right? Like, or, you know, a month after it launches, because then all these things are ironed out, right? The mo Most of the things we saw up until this point were very, very positive. And uh, last episode, we missed uh, uh, them, them returning back to uh, uh, tokens. Uh, and we had, you know, a little bit of a chat uh, in our little group here. That was like an amazing change. And it was like clear that they were kind of like listening to, you know, outrage and stuff. At some point, me, I, I don't know how exactly how they do this, but from what I know, this last, I think it was last night, a candidate build. Now, are candidate builds the final ones? Or uh, where's what? No. no, okay. So okay. the point of a release candidate, it's like normal software, basically. they The release candidate build is something that they know can be launched on Realms. It does not contain the final thing, but it will not crash. It will not do anything like untoward, basically. As far as they are concerned, it contains the systems that will launch and the rest is basically applied via hotfixes. Okay, so is there a chance some of the things, some of the concerns yeah. might get addressed up until... Yeah, I mean, okay. I'll um... give you a simple example. They hotfixed in the entire shard, uh, three words, uh, rune word, whatever, upgrade, yeah. one day before the actual patch <laughs> yeah. in the release candidate itself. So the release candidate is basically the build is stable. Yeah. That is all it means. Cool, cool. I mean, we can also talk about the fact that the, the actual season and the raid release are going to be a bit later than the uh, patch release. And I want to circle a bit back to, I think, before starting recording this, um where where do you guys think their philosophy is on actually addressing class balance tuning for external pod and stuff like that because i know i know they didn't address talents but looking at resto druid they did change a couple of talents and for 9.2 is this like the only example uh, there's a couple of talents that changed for a, a small number of specs but like 
most of this patch has been basically borrowed power and external systems. Yeah. There's been very, very little in terms of class changes. And it's becoming problematic, particularly for tanks, actually, because the, the divergence between tanks in terms of throughput, offensive and defensive, is just widening every patch. So it's going to turn into two problems. The first one is there's going to be threat issues even between tanks in a raid. And the second one is there's going to be threat issues between tanks and the rest of the group. That's never fun. I think it's clear this patch that they've done, they have done some class changes, right? But I think it's specifically been targeted based on the tier set, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I think they said like, hey, this tier set adversely buffs something more than other talent options or covenant options. So they made compensating changes for, for tier set changes. But I think it's fair to say there, there's virtually no, you know, class changes outside of, you know, tier set related things. Right. And that feels like it's very much on purpose. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think their philosophy is, and again, I think we've, we've mentioned this at some point in the past, but, you know, I think we would like to use raid testing and PTR to like somewhat gauge how classes are performing relative to each other. Um, but it seems that Blizzard doesn't like to do that until the, the raid is actually released. And they do balancing, you know, after that kind of normal heroic week period with like just basic class aura buffs and nerfs, I think. Yeah. Which is I just kind of lame, I guess. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of it. But yeah, yeah I don't think none of us were. So the, the chances on them looking and maybe addressing more of the tier sets, I'm looking at Feral specifically now are still somewhat there is this a possibility until the yeah I, th I think tier set tuning it's is still very, yeah. very just, much to, like, mm -hmm. add, just to make sure that uh no one accuses me of sandbagging they, they did do some class changes right at the beginning to enhancement but they were scheduled like earlier right this right. is just when they actually right. put them in Fair. but but i you can't we can't overlook the fact that there were some yeah, um, yeah. because otherwise i'll be the cheeky one who's like trying to slip <laughs> it under the radar but uh, they haven't done anything after they got data of tier sets, really, hmm. other than things that are to do with tier sets, which yeah, is just, like the majority yeah. just feels like tier set related stuff. There, yeah, yeah. I think Hol like Holy Priest also had some other changes that weren't tier set related, right? There were others, but I think majority feels like tier set. Yeah. There were some covenant nerfs as well, obviously, like Mistweaver got hit um, hard, Windwalker got hit hard. So, yeah, there was some stuff. I think all now, of those were warranted and scheduled yeah. based on the entire oh, 9.1 yes. data set. Like, yes. Mistweaver was on the chopping block for months now. Yeah, yeah a lot of those probably should have happened in 9.1 or 9.15. I mean, <laughs> so. Same with Venthyr Boomy, although it's back on the menu now for some reason. Yeah, because they killed Kyrian. Right. Yeah. Like, I want to complain about that as well, being shackled to that fucking <laughs> abomination of a fucking spec. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the problem with Gov I mean, we, we, every single person on this call, I'm sure, I, I don't yeah. need to go check, but we probably all were like, hey guys, Covenants look kind of cool, but have you thought about all these problems? Um, and, you know, sure enough, Shadowlands is how old now? Yeah, it's crazy. Basically, it's all the problems that we said would happen, happened. And, and it's like, yep. yeah, balancing is wild. Um, sure enough, adding another multiplier of borrowed power into specs tilts the balance all across the board again. It's like, yep. Covenant balances now. There's a twenty percent swing in covenants, right? It's like, yeah. Jesus, like why? Like, like, yeah, but of course it happened, right? How could it not? And you can't Actually, buy it from between specs. In terms of the covenant balance, there's something that still pisses me off, and I've been saying this the entire PTR cycle ever since we heard about the double legendary stuff. I was actually happy on my hunter because I could play three of the four covenants without a problem. 
like very little delta in between and all of them had a purpose mm-hmm. 9.2 comes along and the tier set and the covenant legendary means you are hard stuck as kyrian or night Fae. very often night Fae, by the way like it's kyrian in mythic plus and night Fae in raid and you're like what's what's the point of having two patches of balancing and everything if you're just going to throw everything out by making a set bonus that over amplifies one of the the covenants I think so, they probably shouldn't have had double legendaries, if I'm being honest. I, yeah, I absolutely I, agree. It, we knew they were going they to do have it. Done, is, I mean, the Covenant legendaries, some of them were clearly designed as basically a band-aid for the initial ability. Like Necrolord Hunter is basically a big AoE button to change the fact that your ability is pure single target. Yeah, so same it's for Necrolord Feral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, those things, instead of having the double legendary, they should have just baked them in. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, my, my Covenant legendaries, two of them are, like, kind of a DPS loss. So I don't know if I fully agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. okay, by bake them in, I also mean, like, just baking in the effect, but retuning to be, like, balanced sure. effectively. Yep. So, yep. like, having this abomination of a patch where at least for survival you're going to be spamming bombs 24 7 and that means that you're just like you're not even gonna interact with the rest of your spec anymore bomber man i mean you hardly yeah, interact that's, fun. that's that's i mean that's my personal problem as well with uh because obviously survival i don't know how they fix the issue but the uh, uh playing survival in bfa however undertuned it was at least you had like a couple of playstyles that you can uh skim through and at the beginning of sanctum you had the uh, at least in raids the uh the trap build which was incredibly engaging yep. and fun um you could go venthyr for the razor whatever legendary it's called and then kyrian for the rest of the stuff so you had some variations but it was all really whatever it was not one target was all really just bombs nothing else and now you have even more bombs in the tier set and although bombs are great bombs are the only thing that they can perform on survival and I think that's maybe the reason why they did it. They just couldn't figure out a way how to fix the spec. Because, I mean, it might sound a little bit shitty, but I don't think they're playing survival to any extent, at least not in raids. Uh, they just went for the safe route with with uh, with the bombs tier set that just deals more bombs, make mass, makes mastery even less of a thing. So with that mindset, like, I'm, I'm really not surprised when they miss the mark on a lot of other specs. It's just a little bit sad, I, I suppose. Since, I mean, we're not the only ones feedbacking everything that gets put out there. Like, public has been doing, like, a stellar job since ever since I started reading forums. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it don't, I'm waiting for them to have the, the demo lock treatment from WAD with Survival Hunter and say, like, yeah, we'd rather just don't play Survival. Right? Yeah, you're waiting for that. That's bound to happen at some point. But I feel, it's like, gonna happen soon, I feel right? that is for fun. But, but I think, right like, there, there's just too many, there's too many systems just straight yep. up. Like, and... I mean, and and they're they're putting themselves up with an impossible task of like, yeah, of course you can't balance four covenants, tier sets, two legendaries, soul binds, conduits. Like, of course that's a mess to balance, right? Like, it would be hard for don't anyone. Do it. Don't do it. I yeah. like I don't know a single person who actually likes this depth. It's too much. Because yeah. the, the depth doesn't exist either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, take the survival set bonus. It's completely parasitic again. Like, yeah, sure, it's more bomb damage. What does that do? It puts you higher on details. That's it. Like, you don't interact with it. Well, no, you interact, but only if you pick a certain talent. 
where like uh, survival has the, a talent that turns the bombs into three different bombs and one of them allows you to get kill command resets and the kill command resets are what triggers the tier set so when you get that bomb you spam kill command yeah it's very engaging i do want to um i'm very conscious that marcelino flame they have a, a time limit and i did want to talk about um the other major issue we, we have right now which is um the release date and how fucking bad it is <laughs> Actually, uh, before we go on to that, can we yeah, uh, maybe talk about how like stuff gets nerfed, basically? Yes, So for the, sure. The, the reason Feral got hammered is because of a clip from Sai. Most and like to be clear, to be clear, because I've seen people actually blame him and like it's not his fault. No, 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 no. We love Sai. We love Sai. Nothing fucking wrong. Yes, yes. Let's make it clear so we don't get. Sai's a good dude, and the clip. Love Sai. Great. Yeah, there was a reason for the clip to exist. In that, yeah, sure, it's a very like it's one of those things where you take it out of context and it looked completely nuts. Like Feral being top DPS by a lot, but at the same time, you have Frost Mages doing 40k DPS and on average in the key, like. The fact that Feral manages to do 100k plus on like 20 second pull is nowhere near the biggest offender in Mythic Plus. So somebody at Blizzard saw the clip, saw Red, and was like, let's nuke. Yeah, that's, that's, and this isn't the first time it's happened. Like, I know Word Up has a big example, but stuff goes viral uh, by Word Up. (laughs) Stuff stuff that's existed for ages and has been reported and has been fed back exists and it's fine and then it gets like a one reddit clip or one twitch clip or one whatever that goes viral and it's like fixed within 24 hours it's so fucked up that if you want something fixed or you want something you actually just need to like get it to go viral or like if something goes viral out of context that shit's getting hit with a fucking hat this works for exploits as well like my favorite example is something that i personally reported back in uh, shadowlands alpha so for those who don't know, in early Shadowlands, up until I think 9.1, there are some open areas in Mythic Plus that have things where you can fall to your death, basically. But the thing that was not known to many is you could actually mind control mobs, turn them friendly that way, throw them off the edge and gain percentage, like actual mob count, yeah. by just throwing them off the edge. And like a couple of people knew about this and like we all reported it and some people did it on live. But it's only until, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Hippo, yeah, who did it in Sanguine Depths. The clip went went viral and it got fixed within 24 hours. Even though the worst part is it wasn't even the biggest part of the exploit. Because it's all fun and games to just throw a Devoro or two off of Sanguine Depths. Like, it's largely irrelevant. The real big part of the exploit is when you went into Halls of Atonement and you took the Collectors, which are the most dangerous mobs in the shard pools, and throw them off the edge. Yeah. And honestly, it's really sad because, like, that was the most utility priest could offer a key, yeah. right? And that's what it sounds. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's fucked up that it just gets neat. Like, nobody at Blizzard, or like, okay, that's maybe harsh. Maybe somebody at Blizzard is doing it. But the majority of nerfs aren't based on like looking at the data and looking at how something is working and like is this out of line and like actually looking at the numbers on it. It's like it's seeing a Twitch clip that's gone viral in like the latest Twitch compilation where something looks weird and just like throwing a hammer at it, just fucking boring yep. end game. Meanwhile, there are so many things that fly under the radar because they're not like eye popping DPS values. Take again Frost Mage as an example. Like even on live at the moment, Frost Mage is nuts in Mythic Plus. And it's about to get even stronger, and because it doesn't do 100k plus on one pull, 
it doesn't show up in the Twitch compilations, despite being yeah. like the highest DPS plus mad utility. I want I want people to know. To be fair, I'm bagging on mages a lot, but I still hate boomkins more. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is nice for some specs to have their niche and their area of importance. Their time in the sun, yeah. like frost mage has little to no burst when it comes to mythic plus. But yeah. they make for it in terms of constant damage, and they bring probably the strongest slow in the game because it's up at yeah. 60% all the time. Like, there is value in this, even without them being over, or like overwhelmingly strong. All of those, yeah, I think that's the key there, right? Is that I think something's happened in the last few expansions where those spec, like, clear strong points and weak points are not as well defined as they used to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I'll talk about Shadow because that's what I'm used to, right? But, like, Shadow used to be, like, the king of, like, spread, multi-target, sustained damage. You're right. That was, like, their thing. Boomkins did it well as well. But now with all these, like, repeated nerfs to dots, they are, like, Shadow is not that anymore. It's not good at that anymore. And all they have is, like, they've been good at single target, um, you know, in the past expansion yeah. or two. But even that gets nerfed to where they're not, you know, necessarily, like, top three, top five every tier. And it's, like... I think if those those like specific niche points and strong points were well defined, this wouldn't be as big of an issue. And kind of the same thing with Feral Druid, right? If like you're saying like you, you would rather get your strong suit buffed rather than like your 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 gaps yeah. filled, um, so to speak. Well, in, yeah. in some cases, right? I have sets, yeah. I think like, a big thing that so there's two things there, right? But for some reason, Blizzard just fucking hate dots nowadays. I don't yeah. know what yeah. cause it. There are no dot specs left in the game. None. Shadow Priest is not a dot spec. Affliction Warlock isn't a dot spec. Um, there's just no dot specs. It, it's it's bizarre. I don't know what happened to make them hate it, but for some reason they fucking hate it now. And when we, when we say that, I think it's, we're saying that relative to like how they were, you know, in MOP or uh, I mean, Legion, right? I, I don't even know if I mean that. Like, the, is there a, classes have like twenty percent of the damage of dots at most? That's that's not really a dot spec. And a huge part of how they play. Or how when people talk about dot spec, it's like how it plays, all about the maintenance. But even the specs now, which do a lot of dot damage, like Shadow Priest does a lot of dot damage, yeah. but it's devouring plague. Like it's devouring plague is most of it, yeah. Yeah, you're not maintaining a dot. It's just devouring plague is just a nuke that just happens yeah. to do a dot. There's no difference if it did direct damage or if it did dot damage. They did the same for Affliction Warlock because yeah, exactly. like, Malefic Rapture is the mm, right. bulk of their damage, but all it does is require dots to be there. The dots yeah. are just like things you put on a target and that's it. And that capping UA to one target is just like, excuse me, what? And yeah. I don't know, maybe it's because people got bored of it, of like maintaining dots. Maybe that just stopped being fun. I, I don't know, like we've gotten it, older, we've gotten, we've played yeah, the game more, but. It, it ruined PVP as well. Yeah. It was like I mean, there were yeah. there were so many things that were like key value when it comes to PvP regarding dispel protection, specifically yeah. unstable affliction and vampiric touch. Like, but there's also yeah. like thirty specs in the game. Some specs can be dot specs, and if you no longer enjoy yeah. dots, you just play a spec yeah. as a dot spec. Because yeah. right now, no spec is a dot spec, and as a result, you just pick the biggest burn spec. In yeah. other words, you pick Boomy. The other thing is that. Um, Niches are a good thing. I think niche design gameplay is positive for the game because it changes when something is strong. I think a problem with how niches are approached in WoW in particular is that if you have a niche that isn't single target, you are going to be a good spec. Because for the most part, 
single target is the niche that is the most tightly balanced and controlled. So if you are a not single target niche spec, odds are you're, st- you're only going to be like 10, 12% behind a single target niche spec, except you're also going to have that other thing that you're really good at. Like look at Boomkins. Boomkins niche is clearly like spread AOE with how Starfall works and with an emphasis on how Starfall is. But they're still just good in single target. It's just that's all like AOE specs, like Windwalker gets kind of fucked um, consistently. But for the most part, if you're a good AOE spec, you're probably also a fine single target spec and you just get to have both those things. Whereas if you're a good single target spec, odds are you probably don't have good AOE at all. Are you running into the same problem in your discords of people coming in uh, asking about what covenant to level? Specifically, only one though. Because what I feel like it is, is it's, it's quite literally an, ex, an example of the you think you do, but you don't thing happening live with players. They said it'll be great to unlock Covenants. I personally, huge fan. I'm really glad that they unlocked them. But people will come in and will go, what Covenant do I level for the next patch? And you'll tell them, well, they're all good. Yes, yeah. uh, there's a degree of a degree of that. People like people want to be spoon-fed. And personally, I think that unlocking it is better. But I do agree with his point that there is an issue now with people like yeah. not being happy that they can't just get someone to tell them. Well, they were know. they were also yeah. trained for the last year and a half. Yeah, exactly. That there, that there was a it choice. Be a best one. Yeah. Or had to be a best one. And and you know for some specs, you know like Shadow Priest was actually a pretty good example. Where, like the covenant balance was like plus or minus two percent for a lot of the expansion. And like it actually kind of didn't matter. Like you could kind of like you should have probably just picked Night Fae on Prague because you got Soul Shape, right? Yeah, like it was worth it for Soul Shape. But there were also some specs in the game that were like, yeah, if you don't pick this covenant, you're trolling, um, right? And yeah. I think that just yeah. conditioned people. Right. And people, you know, they're yeah. here to min max. People like doing that. The expansion launched like this, and a two week lockout, like it actually prevented you from experimenting. Because, yeah. like, Blood DK, for instance, had uh, basically all four covenants viable all the way through the expansion. And the problem with that is they have different play styles. So even if they were all viable, there was it was stupid to recommend to somebody to just try it out. Because if they don't like it, they're stuck with it for two weeks. So for the entire expansion, I was telling them, if you want to experiment, go on PTR. Copy your character, try it on PTR, and see if you like it on live. But that brings the problem of, well, nobody goes on PTR to test things, so you're stuck in open-world content. Now that everything is unlocked, people have been trying other things, leveling other things, and now they just expect it to somehow revert back to the state where one thing is overwhelmingly better to the point that nothing else matters, and it's just insane. This goes back to... um... I think the dev interviews that Ian had with Preach, where Preach was saying, you know, people like to optimize and be the better. And I don't know, what was the argument that people just play whatever is fun and the whatever... Yeah, Ian pushed the RPG thing. Like, uh, we have to was... go back to that RPG oh, yeah. shit. And yeah, the... I remember that one. Yeah, and Preach Dude, basically said, fuck. no one What cares. the fuck? That's total bullshit. He was lying. Yeah. They don't push the RPG thing. <laughs> if they were pushing that, they wouldn't have put power into Covenants. Yep. Yeah, straight absolutely. up. Covenant, covenants would have been a cosmetic choice. And I think the player base would have fucking loved it. Yes. Dude, dude, imagine if you had... No, I, I even disagree with that. They could have put the utility ability locked behind your Covenant. 
and I mean, I, I think that's the main... there's a compromise. I think so yeah, like soul, yeah, you're yeah. saying like yeah, soul shape and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like you yeah. could have, for instance, sure. uh, soul shape was locked to your covenant, but the the main ability you could change at will. That would have flown completely fine. Yeah. Yes. But it would have been more honest to a traditional RPG than yeah. what the fucking abomination we got. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and, it could, and it could have been so sick, right? Like, think about, yeah. and I shadow's easy for me, right? But like, hey, you chose Venthyr. Hey, your shadow form's now red. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Or your Necrolord. It's now like oozing and green and shit. Yeah. Like, that would be sick. Like, don't waste time developing soulbinds and conduits. Give me that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When, when I play The Witcher, like, my choice of who to fucking romance or who to fucking side with doesn't decide how strong I am in that game. True. Very <laughs> yeah. good example. Yes. It's just an outcome <laughs> outcome of the story, but don't bullshit. go with both of them because it's a mess. Uh, <laughs> somebody tried. Here's the thing, like, we, the players like RPG elements. I think the problem is, you know, we're not really choosing things because of RPG elements. We're choosing it because of player power. We like to min-max. Yeah. We like to push our characters and, like, that's one of the be best parts about the game, right? But they're making, but you, you can't do both <laughs> these days. It would be, uh, and it's exactly, fuck, the cross-faction post, right? Where they talked about how by making cross-faction, it means that more people will be able to play the faction that aligns with their, like, personal beliefs and, like, right. aesthetic and all of that. Yeah, do that with it's literally that. It's literally that with Covenant. It's, it's, so I'm glad they fucking put it in the cross-faction thing, because... But also, I know fucking next time they make that decision, they're going to fucking ignore it again. It's fucking... <laughs> We're it doesn't old. matter that they've said it this time. They're just going to fucking ignore it. Uh, I know because... I, I know. Mandel uh, had a topic uh, he wanted to discuss uh, on this. Uh, um, Mandel, uh, you, you can take it because I, I didn't really know about the issue. It's Path of Ascension. Oh, uh, God, yes. Uh, okay, I don't really uh, want to talk about it, so let, let, let's kick it in. Let's see what. Take what it away. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a fun one. So, for those who don't know, uh, I'm a bit of a cosmetics person in World of Warcraft. <laughs> in that I have virtually every single Covenant uh, anima transmog thing, and that led me to a very unique uh, stage called Path of Ascension, which is the Kyrian special building. So each covenant has a special building, the one that goes all the way to five ranks. And like to, from easiest to weirdest, uh, the Night Fae Garden is the easiest by far, where you level it to rank five, and then you go to a vendor and you get the cosmetics. That simple. Like it's on the vendor, it's 12 and a half K anima. It's like there is no skill involved. Then you have the Necrolord one, where you basically RNG your way to victory. The Venthia one, where by the way, the Necrolord one, we actually have a Discord to track when the world quests are popping up. Like, it's actual group effort right there. The the Venthyr one, where basically you do the Ember Court thing and you gain reputation, and then when you're done with the reputation, you get the transmogs. And then you have Path, which is vehicle combat with your soulbinds. There's 10 fights, there's three soulbinds, and to get the transmog, you need to do all 30 combinations. Each fight is with lot. each soul bind. It used to be a nightmare as well on 9.0 and 9.1 because it required you to grind a currency called the uh, the medallions of whatever. I can't even remember. I know the dreaded symbol or icon that it had because I had to farm it. And the thing is wildly like it's about as balanced as classes in the game. So I think it might be worse from what I've seen. It's about the same, actually. Like, you have the boomy and then you have the survival hunter kind of thing. 
So out of the three soulbinds, one of them uh, basically is invulnerable to all damage at any point. So if you fuck up, it's your fault kind of thing. Like it's uh, Pelagos is basically the, the soulbind where you can literally do uh, all the other achievements with, like without breaking a sweat. Then you have Claire, who is notoriously weak. And then you have Mechanicos, who actually requires you to melee things in order to actually gain damage. And some of the bosses require you to not be in melee range. So I'm sure you can imagine where that goes. There is one fight that uh, basically has never been beaten by anybody without actual exploits or a random bug triggering, because there's many of them. So the, the fight has uh, three NPCs and it requires you to basically kill them. There's a ton of mechanics and so far nobody has beaten it legit. So we found exploits and exploits and more exploits in order to be able to do it. And Blizzard has kept fixing the exploits and fixing the exploits again the moment a video was posted about it. So we're at the point where uh, we have one that doesn't require toys, we have one that doesn't require anything, and it's at the point where it's going to get nerfed in a couple of weeks, and then the fight will become impossible again. So it's a giant cat and mouse game of on something that is like you've already spent 43k anima why does it have to be this hard like, it goes back to yeah the point about stuff only being fixed when it goes viral yeah 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 like i mean the uh, there's been so many exploits like this where it was doable and then they got privately reported and along with the report was also a by the way the reason we find these exploits is because the fight is way too fucking hard so, like, clear description of the exploit, clear description of why the exploit was found in the first place, and they ignore the uh, the reason we found it, we found exploits for it. Like, it's not done for fun. It's it's done because there is a need for them, and they just fix the exploit and just go on with it like it doesn't matter, kind of thing. So as a result, it's on par with the Hall of Fame achievement in terms of re of characters actually having it. Wow. Yeah, I think it's just like their, their philosophy with like game breaking bugs and balancing is just a little, I think, off. And I think there's just a lot of friction with the player base with it, right? Like I think you kind of, they either need to take the approach of, okay, we take bug reports very seriously and we're going to hire, pay and treat our QA people very well right to fix these and find these bugs um and right now they're not doing that and it kind of feels like they're taking a more like half-assed approach to bug fixing and kind of just waiting for it to get out of hand and then intervening with something whether or not that's the right fix or whatever right or, or again do they add some kind of compensating buffer nerf to something that had a bug fix right um yeah they, they just swing the hammer basically and the hammer very often misses <laughs> Like, it's been part of like player frustration with like fun detected or yada yada and memes like that. I mean, take a good example as well. Like uh, back in when the time uh, Path of Ascension required one of those currency items in order to be able to even participate, we found a way to dupe that currency. It never got fixed. And you reported it, right? I mean, it, this is not. Yeah, 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 yeah. We reported it, but it was triggerable by accident. That's that's the worst part. You could actually trigger this bug and therefore dupe your currency by accident. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of iffy on things like this because, like, I don't want to be banned for something that happened by accident. 
the fact that these bugs are allowed to live for so long and then suddenly get fixed. By the way, none of them ever got put on the hotfix notes. Like yeah, that's on... another. Yeah, bug fixes. They've stopped putting them in there in general. Yeah. I think, which is, I think, disingenuous to like the developers' time spent fixing them because I think they should be yeah, rewarded absolutely. and highlighted when they do that. Right. Yeah. It's the yeah. whole we don't talk about bugs because they're a failure. Whereas in reality, fixing the bug is a success. It's a yes, for like, sure. It's a completely inverted mentality. Like having bugs and fixing them is a positive thing. Especially owning up to them, right? Like, and I'm yeah, yeah. like, I made a lot of bugs with SimSeed, like, and yeah. you know, that could be categorized as like, yeah, we, we told people wrong information. And it's like, yeah, you got to own up to it, fix it, move on, and try to get better, yeah. right? That's just, that's what yeah. you have to do. Everyone makes mistakes, right? Yeah. yeah. I work in software and like, it's the same thing. I've released a bunch of bugs on everything, but like, it's not even about owning, owning up to your bugs. It's like the bugs happened. Like typically when I release something that's bugged, three layers of people when were involved at the very least in verifying. Right. So it went through three people and it still went through kind of thing. Like nobody saw it. So at this point, whose responsibility is it even for the bug? Yeah. It's, I, it's and I know about... there, there are also raid bugs as well. I don't know if Panthea yeah. wants to chop in with those as well, because those are all over the place too. Yeah, it's, it's like a lot of um, negative raid bugs that just get left in. So probably the biggest one that I've been aware of is on the Zoth, where the tentacles would attack people based off of your character's database value. Oh, that yeah, happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah. So when this was kind of identified, it was it was flagged up, reported, and nothing happened with it. Um, as been so many cases of this ID number being used and strategies essentially being built around it. So yeah, the fact that you example, know that somebody's always going to take sixty percent of the damage from this mechanic. So, for example, in freehold, the barrel that would be thrown on a player to disorient them would work off of this value. So, if you knew this information ahead of time and you knew who in the group had the lowest value, you could line of sight the cast every single time, never deal with the mechanic, and. You know, loads of these just get left alone. And for the Zoth one, whether it's coincidence or not, when Elitus Jerks got to that boss a week after their first raid, it was fixed. Now, is it coincidence? Ding, 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 this ding. was a big theme in um, BFA. You could consistently predict when a boss was going to be nerfed or bugs with it were going to be fixed by when Elitus Jerks got to the boss. Yep. We had people tracking Ion's progress to see when they got to bosses, so we knew when things were going to get fixed. And is just for context, the fucking way. TK or? Uh, Elitist Jerks is Ian's guild, by the way, if that wasn't clear. So the, the yeah. lead game designer of WoW, his guild, that's what we're, that's oh, what we're talking about. That, that, that yeah. cannot be the case. Come on, I don't want to live in a world like this, man. <laughs> what was the boss in BOT that took an 80% nerf the week they got there? Was it Megatok or Stormwall? I can't remember. Stormwall. Stormwall. If I remember correctly. I don't remember. <laughs> They both got yeah. nerfed several times, right? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, like, that raid had a ton of nerfs. I, I know where yeah, this is going. One of them got properly destroyed the the week yeah. uh, EJ got oh, to it. So it kind of just I mean, uh, it became a little bit of a meme, but also that is a good indicator of when an average guild would reach the boss as well. So it could yes, be seen either that's way. true. Like yeah. when they when they've had the bug reports for months and they didn't sit, they all they did was sit on them. That's when it becomes a problem, especially for something like Nizov where you knew that one person in your raid, systematically the same person, by the way, 
would be taking the dig. Yeah, and you also had um, this happen this tier in Sanctum on Remnant because the order the dispels would yeah, happen yeah. was based off of this value. So yep. you could mass dispel and have a safe set of double knockbacks every single time, no risk whatsoever. Completely trivialized the mechanic. And I think they've now gone back and fixed a lot of that, right? Yeah, and they, they did. They fixed yeah. it like week three or something. They fixed it really early. And they didn't fixed they come it out and say that at the same time. Did, I, I thought I read somewhere that they're like, hey, this GUID thing we're going to stop using. Or did I did I imagine that? I don't a, recall that post, but hopefully okay. Behind the scenes, they have a scheduler for this. Like, it's relatively well known in that most of the, the encounters that are done properly, the order of things changes every pull. But there are some of them that just don't. And like those get reported, and the problem is they never get acted on until it's too late. Until strategies are formed around it, and then it's too right. late. People have invested time into certain raid comps and stuff specifically for it because they've seen the race to world first. They've seen hundreds of guilds do it, yeah. and it just becomes no strategy stuff. at that point. Yep. But are we seeing anything in Sepulchral, uh, Pentium? From what do we see something like this currently? Uh, there's nothing too fancy in Sepulchre oh. for at the moment, so but we've not seen the last three bosses. Last three bosses. bosses. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> going to be the main uh, attraction when the when those come out. I guess Who we can maybe the uh, mind control uh, imposter is based off of that value. <laughs> I wouldn't is, be is surprised. This we talk about Among Us and how sus that fight is, or I think we talked a little bit about this uh, yeah. one of the episodes. That's uh, going to be a I popular. A, a point like this regarding fights getting changed, though, because I don't know if you guys have noticed they changed Hillbrand, the uh, the Mythic Plus, well, Mythic Plus Tazarek boss. I think it was uh, two builds ago where they changed how the console works. And they've made the fight like easily 10 times harder than before. So before anybody could click the console, it's, it's the one with the orbs where you have one person has to direct people where to go. So before people, anybody could click the, the console and it took like five seconds to actually see the order. But now one person can click and it locks out the console for 15 seconds and only that person can see the thing. So it went from a fight requiring to communication to a fight where somebody can troll you by sprinting to the console, clicking the thing and ruining your key. Uh, it sounds like mechatorque, work, man. What do you mean? Yeah, but it's... Yeah. But it's, it's, it's mechanics like this that belong in hard mode. The reason being that sure. you can't expect this kind of coordination in a plus two. It's not possible. I mean, they yeah. put it that mechanic in LFR, though, from, for Megatorque. I mean, yeah, the boy. No, that's that troll. You could see the symbols on Megatorque. I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, it was easier. But, but yeah. still. But, like, but, but still. Yeah, but you could see your own symbols up until Heroic. I, I was well. I, the point I was making is that the mechanic is trollable, though, in LFR. With, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Thirty sure. people. But if on the on LFR, the only thing you could troll is yourself. Same thing with normal mode. Because you I, I think your it's not symbols. a good thing either way, though, right? I think we're yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that we, you know, building things like that that are inherently trollable or you know, not. I mean, not fun. You know, like I think yeah. making something hard and challenging can be really rewarding and, and exciting, but making it, you know, uh, destructive or frustrating is not. Not, not it's not the way and with I mean, all all think... this we gotta link it to the release date all of these right <laughs> we've we talked about a bunch of stuff but you know the, the the main concern now and again i don't think this came to anybody's surprise i think a lot of people are expecting this have they done this 
release date because of the expectations? Are they actually, how, how, how should I put this? Are the devs actually responsible for this release date or is there no. some upper no. up no no decided? absolutely not it's upper management it's a it's a q1 release for budget basically yeah i was so i was, I was they, going to say that what you guys slot it in sometime during q1 in order to actually get revenue for blizzard yep. it's literally that simple it's for the shareholder stuff and i think it was back blizzard, in the day they had the polish right like yeah 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 they, yeah, they released but, stuff when it was ready and yeah. blizzard was really well known for like the yeah. polish that they put on their stuff I think this entire discussion is kind of highlighting that that's not really there anymore. And and maybe that's why we're so frustrated is that we know that they were capable of that. And like that's kind of like still where our standards are. Yes, Um, for sure. And there's still parts Mm -hmm. of the game where you can see that, like parts of the game where the time was put in, you can see that that old, I would say, quote unquote, bliss polish. Um, Battles. <laughs> I think uh, we have like this this big basket that probably was made like expansions ago, but it feels like from my point of view it started really heavily in BFA where we feedback an issue or we mention this is going to be an issue like how it was with Azerite items and how it was with Covenants this time around and a lot of other smaller things. And this look, guys, this is going to be an issue. And they're like nah, and then it becomes an issue, and then they iterate on it, and then but this can all tie into like force release dates and, and things like that. Slowly moving away from the Blizzard mentality of like, oh, it's ready when it's ready. And c- time and time again, this has been proven to be wrong for o- the overall perception of uh, the community towards the game. I mean, we've we're at an all-time low for player base, hence cross faction and all of that, all that stuff. So hopefully, I mean, maybe we can raise awareness to this. I don't know if anybody at Blizzard is watching this kind of stuff. These kinds of things that get put into this basket of, oh, we kind of told you guys about this a long time ago. We're doing this for free, like playing PTR and testing all of this stuff. Uh, what, what, what is it? Because you mentioned, you guys mentioned with all the bugs that you point out and until they go viral, nobody knows about them or at least nobody does anything about them. Um, this kind of has to stop. I mean, we're, we were riding such a good wave up until... <laughs> two days ago i guess uh and it's kind of a shame to, to, to see to see us fall uh and to the bottom and meet ferals there as well i guess i don't know it's it, it, so much good is like one step forward and two steps back so it's yeah. there is something important to mention though because as much as there have been many times where we were correct as the community there have also been times when we were wrong about things. Oh, we have some really bad takes sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can yeah. take, we oh, can yeah. take yeah, up to that. That's the same as everything. The problem is that yeah. there is no real discussion still, and stuff lands on PTR at the point where it's already too late. I think as feedback is, was, is, yeah. is valuable, though. Like saying, that, yeah. like, hey, this is frustrating. We don't like this. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel good because of this reason. That's always great. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think some, sometimes we make suggestions and maybe some of the suggestions fall short or maybe like, I'm not saying Blizzard should always listen to all of our suggestions, but they should listen to our feedback. I, I think there's a links to experiment with things more. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that as well. There's also two dimensions. Like Azerite was a cool concept. It could have done with a bit more time in the oven because yeah. like most of the Azerite trades were basically, well, uh, you do a bit more damage. Conduits? It, uh, conduits are the same like it's, it's half-baked it's like they're fundamentally cut from the same cloth but essences were really good yeah, the like problem it. with essences and with azurite and with corruption and with just about everything including conduits acquisition. Actually, is acquisition yeah, right now you 
typically cannot test it on PTR. Ever. I think and that was the problem some of the problems with 9.2. Acquisition of yeah. tier sets, double legendary, conduit upgrades. Yeah. It's the acquisition problem. It's it's the same thing. Has yeah. this been a link on my council posts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if a, a system is really good, acquisition can can just outright kill it. Like, take corruption as a very good example. There were some really, really fun corruption effects to play with. Ineffable truth, if you've played a holy paladin. Like, that shit was dope. Twilight Devastation, kind of boring, but dope at the same time. Like, there were so many effects like that that you can play on. But until basically the half, the second half of the, the last patch of BFA, you were basically stuck because you were a victim of the loot system. I mean, same thing with like legendaries and legion, right? Like, I think yeah. some of the legion legendaries are remembered quite fondly by a lot of people, but not at the beginning of the expansion, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Like, uh, but then once you could like buy the, you know, or RNG the one you want with a, a token, right? Like, it's like, oh, I like this. Yep. And the the resources that you required for the token were from every type of content in the game, so you could do whatever you wanted to actually get it. And like, honestly, like shards of domination, I think would look be looked upon much more fondly if the acquisition system wasn't the worst one we've ever seen, right? Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. Like, that's just straight up fact. Um, True. You know, I think people were really harsh on this, on it as a system, but, and 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 rightfully so from an acquisition standpoint, but I think, you know, they kind of, you know, call, that just paints the entire system as negative when the acquisition is rough. Yeah. I think I um, systematically mentioned this as well, and I'm, I'm trying to think back. Mike can only go back as far as uh, maybe even wads, but I, I'm hard pressed to find a system where this acquisition wasn't, wasn't bad in a specific way, or at least made it incredibly tedious. There might be one or two that are missing, but I'm thinking, you know, the legendary ring felt a little bit tedious at at one time in wad. Then you had the legendaries in legion that were so RNG that if you got the bad what what was it? Ba- you get the bad one, you rerolled your character again. That obviously yeah. got fixed. Then we had essences, oh, sorry, Azerite essences. Now we have conduits and shards and all of that. And it seems like every time they're adding this, they're making it incredibly worse by acquisition. I think maybe this is not their fault because it really, really, really smells like uh, engagement metrics. Because they're just, I, I, I feel like a donkey yeah. with a carrot in my fr- on my on my face. And, with and they used to do it right. Like, I think yep. Guild Master Loot with tier set tokens is probably the best example of like a good acquisition system. Um, yep. I mean, going back to Essences as another good acquisition system, like, sure, it had the carrot on a stick effect, but at least it was a very predictable carrot on a stick. Like, you knew you had to PvP, I think it was 30,000 honor for Conflict yeah. and Strife, and that's it. Yes. Like, you, you knew the bar, you knew what bar you had to fill, and it was great for that, as opposed to Shadow Domination where one person will end up with all nine shards in their bags with nowhere to put them, and the other person will end up with the pieces but no shards, and like they can't combine powers kind of thing. Conclusions, I would guess, uh, we, I think we all feel that uh, 20, the 22nd of February is uh, a, bit, a bit too early, given the state that uh, the latest build on the PTR uh, was... Uh, yeah, looking at uh, specs, you know, tier sets. Uh, a lot of a lot of the the gear that's in the raid uh, cannot be tested. Um, also, the, we still have this big, big looming concern with the three bosses. That are, I mean, 
so far from what I'm reading it from Panthea, you know, the, the bosses that he tested so far, pretty, pretty okay, right? Mm. So at least we have that. If, if there's like no major... Two of, have, two of them have been completely reworked. Right. So it's essentially five bosses that haven't been tested. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we have that. Well, um, only let's say the race the world's first will be fun if we like to watch yeah, things definitely burn. Spicy. Definitely <laughs> going to be some some interesting interesting things over there. Um, now this is this is the thing. It's pretty pretty hard right now to like try to make a positive twist out of this. I can only think of okay. I really wanted to to understand myself and also make make people who I like listen and watch this understand what a candidate build is. And how that's not like the definitive last build, um, and there's still some chances. Maybe I'm, you know, stupidly optimistic here, but we still have some chances that a couple of other things might be addressed up until the final release date candidate, or at least up until the new season starts with Mythic Plus and the new raid and so on. Uh, but that being said, I think, I think if anything, people yeah. based on that give feedback, right? Like now exactly. is the time. Like if you've been holding yeah. off or waiting Flood for them. like the release candidate right to start like really looking at the patch what's coming in it like check out their videos that they've made on these topics already right like and if you see something you don't like yeah post your feedback on the forums be constructive like don't be an asshole but like yeah. they do read it i, I, I promise there have they been very constructive things happening recently like for instance i mean panthea can probably cover it more than i will but the zerif motis reputation change yes. was awesome yes yep yeah, we've so had a few really good changes. Huge change. We've had some good ones. So that one is, you know, on PTR, you needed to do content absolutely every single day to get to kind of revered by the time Double Legendaries came out. And you also had to do a load of rares and stuff as well, which isn't fun, arguably worse than Corfia, because you, did, you didn't have flying for most of it, and the zone is much larger than Corfia. Now with the changes that they've proposed, if you do no res and you just do the daily uh, the uh, world quest each day and the campaign you will be revered on the week that you will get your double legendary so that's a huge change cool. it means that you know for people that can't play every day they'll just need to supplement that with res and you know it's, it's all it's all smooth sailing from that perspective yeah i mean this is the best positive way we can close it off. Uh, I'm happy with this. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. We'll, we'll, we'll have like two more weeks to wait for uh, for anything that changes. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, hopefully this is, you know, one of the last times that they will rush anything because they've gotten like plenty of examples of this. And uh, there, there are still a lot of a lot of good things happening uh, if you don't play Feral. Uh, but other than that... <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, man. I, f I, I feel for you. I feel Kick him while he's down, man. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> kick him while he's down yeah yeah uh i yeah. get some response but i had another one to the yeah hit me boy creation catalyst no it's fine we'll talk about that next time yeah no. that's, a, that's a big <laughs> one a time. that's a big one i mean Honestly, I, I really want to probably so worth covering in like after right uh, the, yeah a couple of weeks into the yes. into the tier yeah. like when yeah. stuff exactly. has been done and people got are getting the tier set yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a topic uh, we wanted to, to to put in and like make like a full on episode about it. But I think it's the 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 best way is to actually wait for it, see how it actually works and how it actually works with with alts and stuff. But that's a whole different kind of worms. 
Um, okay, so um, people who are listening or watching, uh, do remember to uh, check the description on the YouTube and check out Guiltiest, check out Public, Mandel, Pantia, Tangnos.com, and WordUp. Uh, unfortunately for today's episode, WordUp had some issues with his internet, and uh, we're, we're sorry for, you know, the, the auto-tune segments or whatever. Hope it's uh, intelligible still. Uh, we'll get him, because you know you hear him a lot in the podcast. You know that, right? So you, you, we're going to get him. We're going to get him work, working on the next one, no doubt. And thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, watching. Thank you very much. We shall see you in uh, two weeks, more or less, if we don't have like a class podcast. We'll see. Yeah. But thank you. Thank have you very one. much. Have a good one. Bye. Good guys. Bye. Bye. I've been loving it then. I still love it now. Still, I play wow. Still, I play wow. Getting better every day. Let me show you how. Cause still, I play wow. Still, I play wow. It's getting harder to stay, but at the end of the day, it's a guilty pleasure. So just log in and play. Whether it's classical retail, I'ma do a slash bow. Still, I play wow.